Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 89. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Keith Williams. I love what I do because every guest I have on tells a new story and every story is unique as the guest. Every week, we feature professionals in the skill trades, in business owners, educators, people giving real world advice. We don't run any ads on the podcast. We're not trying to sell you anything. So if you find a value, please share the podcast, leave a five-star rating and leave a review. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's guest is a carpenter and instructor from Beaver County Training, Beaver County Career Technology Center in Pittsburgh. He grew up in Center Township, a place known for producing some talented football players. My guest has been working in his trade since he was 12 and is passionate about the work he does. He's most proud of the difference he makes in the lives of his students and growing his class from 20 to 50 students. During his free time, he enjoys spending time with his family. Please welcome Dave Liptek to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Dave, how are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. How are you doing today, Keith? Excellent. Excellent. Dave, something I was I noticed that we, when you and I talked is you started career as you started studying as a chiropractor and you made a career change. And I think that's important because a lot of people don't realize, especially young people, that where you start doesn't mean that that's what you have to do for the rest of your life. Can you talk about the importance of learning different skills so that you can make changes in life? Sure. The, the, you know, one of the biggest things about that and making that difference and making that change that I did is a big thing where I actually teach my students too. Whenever you do something, you should always have a backup plan because mm-hmm. um, you never are not sure what's going to happen. You know, I have a lot of athletes that come to my class and every time you ask them, what do you think you're going to do after school? I'm going to be a pro football player. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. And then you try to explain to them that, you know, one out of a thousand kids make it that far. So what are you going to do if that doesn't happen? So actually my family and my grandfather was a carpenter and, um, you know, they, they taught me that value that, okay, what if something happens that you can't actually do what you want to do? What if some, you would break your hands and be a chiropractor? What if you were in a car accident? What if it was a big question? So what are you going to do? You wanted me to learn a trade. So I learned a trade and I, I've been with my grandfather for, for the time I was 12 doing stuff. And I'd always call myself a carpenter, but I was just a glorified laborer pretty much. (laughs) But I learned a lot. I learned a lot about my work ethic and learned a lot about the trade, learned a lot of things that I wish I would have learned more back then. But, you know, as as the older I got and more I progressed with the field, I just keep learning and I'm still learning today, actually. Excellent. Now, was your dad into the uh, trade too? Because you mentioned your grandfather. Oh, no, no, no. My my dad is not. (laughs) Okay. My dad did some stuff when he was younger, but my dad is more of the salesman. Okay. Excellent. He he is in mortgages and stuff like that, but no. I learned a lot of my skills and a lot of my, and actually the love for the, for the trade from my grandparents. Yeah. Do you find that the trade has changed a lot, you know, because you learned from your grandfather or do you feel like it's the same as from when you were learning? The biggest thing about the difference in the trades are the materials, Mm -hmm. the tools that we use. You know, when I first started, my grandfather would never let me use air guns or power tools. It was all, you got to learn the basics. And I try to do that in my class too, but you know, everything's about efficiency now. Everything's, you know, do as fast as you can and as as well as you can. So the tools help for being efficient, but I still, they still need to learn how to use the basic tools. You know, if the world would end tomorrow and all we have left is hand saws and old hand drills, my kids should be okay to be able to build something out of it. I agree. I think I look at that as a foundation and... You know, I'll, gi- I'll give you an interesting analogy. My son plays baseball and they use a lot of these metal bats. 
and yeah. the metal bots make the ball pop. And I said, <laughs> you're going to learn, you know, and it sounds great when you're in the cage and you're hitting the ball. And I said, as we're getting ready now to go to high school, I said, you go, and I started this a few years back. And I said, you're going to use a wooden bat. Oh, dad, it's harder. The wooden bat is going to make you a better hitter. That's what they do when you get to the next level. And so it's, I, I guess it's the same thing. There are tools, there's some basic things that you have to learn, I guess, that foundation. So when you don't have those great tools, you still know the foundations of the work you have to do. Correct. Yeah, Correct. definitely. So, you know, you were working in the field, and I think that gives you a, a, a great perspective when you're going into the classroom because you have real world experience. What attracted you to teaching? And you took a pay cut going to teaching. So this is something obviously you enjoy doing. I tell you, what, it all started from coaching. You know, when I, I if you would ask me when I graduated high school if I was going to be a teacher instructor, I would have laughed hysterically <laughs> at you that I was going to be that. But um, I got into coaching when my kids were young, and I, I stuck with it till they reached you know the high school levels because I don't believe that you know parents should be too much involved in in the high school levels. I think more let coaches coach your kids. So, but just doing that, I really enjoyed it. And then at the time, I was doing a couple of big projects, and we had a lot of apprentices that came onto the job site. And you spend more time teaching the kids that are coming in because they really don't have the background that I have or the knowledge that I've had. And uh, I took a voluntary layoff after a long time. And while I was off, the job came available, and I thought this would be something that I can do and actually share the knowledge and something that I'm passionate about and that I love to do, and I can pass it on to you know generation after generation. Excellent. That's what basically um, made me make the change. And I enjoy every minute of it. So, you know, it's, I couldn't ask for a better job, to be honest with you. Yeah, I enjoy being around young people. I just feel like there's an energy. You know, I volunteered sometimes in the high schools and it just you forget about everything going on around you. It's weird. I mean, you're in a classroom, so you might know what I'm saying. But when we volunteer, whether, it, you know, I've done volunteering for a while. But when you go there, you forget about everything else. It just seems like you're so focused on the well-being of the kids. Even when I'd go visit my kids' elementary school and read at the school, I'd just forget about everything. You just... I tell you what, it, it helped me actually kept in tune with my own children, mm -hmm. being around being around more of these students. You know, as they got older and uh, my son's going to be graduating college and my daughter's going to be heading off to college. Mm -hmm. It just kept me more in tune with them. And, you know, I'm still learning all their lingo, you know, their whatever they do and they have all their TikToks and whatever heck the heck they got out there. But, you know, it just, it kept me more grounded to them. So it made things a lot better and a lot easier to understand them and where they're coming from. Yes. You know? no. And and that makes sense. I mean, it makes, it definitely makes a difference because I mean, parenting is a challenging job. I'm not quite at the level where you are. I have a middle schooler, so I'll probably have to seek some advice from you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it definitely does. I, I could see that. Talk to me about, you know, you at your school, you build relationships with employers. You know, what is your school doing to build relationship with employers to help these students get hired? So a lot of things that we do is not just based on, you know, what the school does, but also what we do as instructors. You know, coming from the field, um, not only did I work in a commercial union type background, I also worked in a residential non-union background. So you make a lot of friends, you do meet a lot of people, and, you know, you try to keep in good touch with them. And I, and I always tell my kids, you know, my work ethic and my, and my name is worth more than my credit score. Mm -hmm. So I try to teach my students the same thing so that whatever they do, that they will always have somebody to, to reach out to. And if you don't ever burn bridges and, and if you, you know, if job doesn't work out, you handle it the right way, not just walk away. So by doing that, it, it helped me to, you know, call a lot of the people that I've learned or met, I'm sorry, over the time and, you know, say, hey, I got a great kid here. It'd be great for, for you guys if you need labor, if you need somebody to just start now. You know, we have a lot of companies that call us that are looking for 
you know, people to take over their businesses. A lot of older elderly people that have been in it for a long time are looking for people to teach their knowledge to that didn't have the kids or their kids didn't want to get into it. A couple of other things we do, we do career fairs every year uh, where we have a bunch of, of different uh, contractors or the military, or a bunch of people come in here and talk to the students. We also do co-op, which is a student will come to, will go to their home school for half a day. And then instead of coming to my class, they will actually go out and work on a job site doing construction, doing our trade and, and they get paid to do it and they get graded. So it's a, it's a win-win for them. So, um, you know, we have quite a things like that. You have a lot of people coming in. I try to get a lot of guest speakers to come in and talk to the kids so they can see there's different ideas and different things out there. You know, it's not just, I didn't want to come here and be a teacher to, to push and say, everybody, you need to go to the union, you need to go be a carpenter. You know, there's, there's, there's other avenues that you should be able to take from this job. If anything, you're coming here, you're going to learn how to maintain your own home without pay somebody to do it. If you learn the basics and pay attention while you're here, you should at least leave here and know how to maintain your own home. I agree. That's a big deal. It's I'm a owner, owner, so I'm very familiar with that. So uh, you get pretty handy when you look at what the costs of, of maintaining your house. You start figuring stuff out. Thank God for YouTube and, and being an experiment. <laughs> YouTube is actually very, very useful. I mean, we, we use it not all the time, but sometimes. If, so if I'm having trouble getting through to some of my kids, some of my demonstrations and everything, I, I will pull out a YouTube video, but I, I don't use it very often. I mean, you can see right behind me, I have a 70-inch TV that I have yeah. back here to do different things and projects on for the kids to see. So. Yeah, no, that's great. We we didn't have that growing up when we were going to school. Big screen. <laughs> I mean, I don't think those things even existed when I was in school. It was whatever the teacher said, that's the way it was, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think it's great that the students are getting a chance to actually work. Because I think as a young person, when you're trying to figure out what you need, what you want to do, you got to go taste different things. You got to try different things. And that's going to really kind of allow you to get a better understanding. And I love the fact that you have relationships in the local community. Just that is, is going to open doors for a lot of these students because of the success you've had and the reputation you've built. That's incredible. That That's so important because nowadays when companies hire, they're hiring a lot of times for culture. They can teach you the, uh, they can teach you the, the trade you know, and you're already trained, but they want to make sure you have that work ethic. And I also believe work ethic is the one thing you have complete control over. Like you can always control your effort. That's my biggest thing that I try to teach. You know, I can teach you carpentry. I can teach anybody anything in here, but to teach somebody a work ethic is the hardest part. So they have to see and, you know, see what, you know, some of my successful students, what happens to them and what, what things go right for them because of their work ethic. Yeah. You know, I have some kids that come here and think it's just to escape from their high school for the day. Or, you know, I, I, I get a lot of kids that are those kids that are, you know, let's just push them through school. Let's just, they're like the forget about kids. You know, there's ones, let's get them through school. Do we got to get them through school? And that, that really offends me that we, we've done it. And it's been done since the beginning of time. You know, I, I'm back when I was in high school, it was always that way. You know, if the kid was child or slow or whatever, they were like, hey, just get him through, just get him through, get him through. Well, I treat everybody the same in here. And I, I learned a lot of that from football, football and baseball, basketball teaching, that if you're not going to give the kid any, uh, what's the term? If you're not giving him any, um, I'm going to say kudos or whatever, you want to give him any acknowledgement that he's doing well or any, you know, positive reinforcement, no matter what it is, then they're going to always feel that they're not worth to the job. So why put forth an effort? Sure. If you show them what their effort gets and where it leads them, then, you know, some of them it opens their eyes, some of it doesn't. I also believe that you find out what their strengths are because, first of all, you have to have good attention to detail to be in carpentry. You have to know math. You got to know how to measure. So you're tapping into other strengths that they have that they can blow another student away. Like, I agree with you. I think too many people judge kids like the school book smart kid isn't always going to be the most successful kid. That young person has a solid work ethic who goes and starts to work early, knows what they want to do, get started, and maybe they build a business. I'd, I'd 
bet on that person rather than somebody who's just school book smart and is just going through the motions of college and what have you without that passion and direction. So uh, I, I love the dreamers. I love the kids that come in here and have dreamers and big, big thoughts and big dreams of things to do. And I, I just that just gives me you know hope in, in our society that there are people out there that still want to be creative, still want to do things and not worried about all the mumbo jumbo that's going on around us. They're just, they're, you know, they get in their own world and they want to do things they like to create. You know, not all my kids built. I have kids that come in here that are fantastic artists that they'll actually take my class instead of the the art class we have here because they get to use wood and do different materials, not just paint. So I have a lot of different kids that come in here, different skill sets. And I, I tell you, I love, I love every second of it. I do. I also think the thing that I know I would have liked, it wasn't really available for me you know, carpentry and, and the trades when I was going to school, but I would have liked the ability to move around and use my hands. Cause even though I took the college path and that's cause I was pushed on that path. I, I didn't know any better. I'm somebody who didn't sit still. I was always hyperactive and moving around. And I don't think I was any different than any other young man. You know, most, most young guys are active. We just move around. And so I think I would have enjoyed that, you know, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, it, we all, as, as young men, as you say, I mean, we got LA going on in our systems and probably we all want to move. Nobody wants to sit still. Yes. And, and, and you lose attention. It's funny as I always explain to my kids when we're, when we're going over stuff in class, I'm like, okay, listen, if I start to lose any one of you, I want you to tell me stop. Yeah. Because I was in your shoes. I didn't like to sit and listen to somebody talk for hours. <laughs> you know, within five or 10 minutes, if it was interesting, I'd be thinking about what I was doing tonight, what girl I was going to go out, you know, whatever, about everything, you know. All, everything else we were talking about in class. Yeah. I said, so if that happens, just tell me. I said, I know where we're at. I understand. We'll go into something different and we'll come back. Yeah. Because I can talk for an hour and you haven't learned a dang thing from me. So what's the point? Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I, I even had attention issues in college. So it wasn't just being young. You know, it's, it's probably ongoing now. And, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> we have it, but now it's selective. <laughs> when you have a wife and kids, it starts being selective. Yes, it is. <laughs> Definitely. Hey, we're going to the, uh, sh- we're going to the uh, mall or something. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Pull my eyes off and go to the mall, but hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So talk to me. What do you think about people in the trades and educators? What can we do to get, them to get more young people to pursue careers in the trades and close the skills gap. What do you think people in the trades can do? Where I'm from, where I live, I, I have, you know, have great relationships with our, with our unions and the schools. And, you know, some of the people like the, the gentleman that actually runs the Carpenters Training Center now was a friend of mine before that he became that. And he was actually in the field and now he's actually running the school. So when I have friends like that and I have people they meet, they you know, they're already out trying to get people to come out into the job. But, you know, to get, huh, man, I think we, the counselors need to do a better job in school. I think that, you know, they need to stop pushing everybody to think that college is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if college isn't the way, they don't really give any other option. Yes. So it's either college or McDonald's. You know what I mean? So you're not given the basics of learning trades because, you know, not only, you know, I have carpentry, but in our school, we have many other trades here. And to be able to do those trades and learn anything, I tell any kid that comes to our school, we have visitors. We have visitors from all the schools now. And where my school is at, we have 14 different school districts that actually come and visit my school. So like my classes in the morning, I have 20, 23, 24 kids in the morning and 26 in the afternoon. In that class, I might have seven or eight different school kid districts there. So I have school kids from all around. Yes. Well, every other class is the same way. When these people come in here, half of them have never heard of the school or never even knew about the school or even knew that the... These are op- available to come to them as younger. Now, we try to do smaller things for, for you know, the um, grade schools and stuff. But, you know, it's hard as, as a tradesperson when you're teaching a class here because I only have my kids for two and a half hours of class. Yes. 
two and a half, three hours. So to try to cram in as much as I can in two and a half, three hours a day and build projects and, you know, do my work that I have to do, you know, my paperwork that I have to keep track of, you don't get a whole, whole lot of time with them. So to, to be able to leave and go other places, it's hard. But, you know, we do try in this area, but I, I definitely think the counselors and parents need to start saying, hey, you know, they need to wake up to the, the parents need to wake up not thinking their kids are the, the lawyers and the doctors all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I have students in my class this year. Um, now, my son came to my class and he was going to go into the union and, and just before he graduated, decided he wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. Luckily, his mother had him all set up for stuff, but now he's going to be graduating, like I said, a year early from Slippy Rock to be a state management. Now, I have my class who, like you said, when you come in, you, you have to analyze, just like when you coach. You know, you get players, you, your first day of practice, you're like, okay, this, this who can run, who can catch, who can throw, who can kick, who can, you know, who's this, who's athletic, who's fast, who's slow, who's big, who's got movement. So whenever the kids come to class, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm evaluating everybody. So I'm trying to think, okay, what path is this kid going to take? What path is that kid going to take? What path is this one going to take? You know, and the one gentleman I have this year, I was like, usually around December or late November, I start to get with my seniors and start, okay, we have this much time left. What are we going to do when we graduate, guys? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So they all kick around ideas. And then Mike, before you know it, it's going to be May and you're not going to have any idea what you're going to do. So I have a kid. I said, I think you should go to college. So I talked to his mom, talked to his dad about everything. And, and he actually went for his visit on Friday and he loved it. So he's going to still stay in the trade. He's going to be in safety, but it's something that I think it's more suited for him. I can't see him going out into the field because he doesn't do it in my class. Okay. You know, he'll fall, he'll work, he'll do odds and ends and anything like that. But to actually really bust his butt and, and, and be a leader and step up, he just doesn't do it. Yes. So I think that that is his path. He's very personable. He can talk to you. He's a great kid to be around. He's fun. I think that would be work out better for him. So that's the great thing about the program is that you have an eye for being able to look out and, and, and guide them. And best time to experiment is in high school. You know, you're not out in the real world. There's, you know, you've got time to pivot. So, I mean, that that's great that you're able to see that. And, that all and comes yeah. being in the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I didn't just come out of high school or go to college to be a teacher. I was out in the field. I know what it takes to be out there. Mm-hmm. I know what it takes to work steady. I know what it takes to keep your job, to make good money. And if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. It's plain and simple. But that doesn't mean I should give up on you and just get you through school and say, okay, you're going to go work at McDonald's or Wendy's from now on. I would like for you to do something. Yeah. It's just a redirect is what it looks like. No, that makes sense. You know what it is? Is It's knowledge versus know-how. You have people who can read something and learn it, but they don't know how to actually apply it. Know-how is I can actually apply it. You know, like you, you can go online and read about how to fly a plane, but that doesn't mean you can go actually fly a plane. You <laughs> know, like, that plane, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, that's the one thing that really impresses me at the trades is, is it's about know-how. You either know how to do it or you don't. And it's going to be pretty obvious if you don't. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it happens pretty quick. You know, when I give guys tape measures, right, we spend, uh, you know, three weeks on something and the kid still hasn't got it. And, and I'm like, I, I, I have to, there's something else we have to do. Yeah. So what's the next plan of attack for you? Yeah. And I, I can tell you, like, when I've had, like, I have, I've had a couple projects done at, I've, I've rented houses and lived and lived in houses that I own. And I've seen people come through to do, you know, all kinds of different work. And I started figuring out just because I've seen so many people, I could tell the people who weren't going to be able to work out because I could just watch like the people who knew what they were doing. They'd come in, they'd do the right measurements. You could tell they were just on top of it. They'd be able to explain to you, okay, this is a support wall here. This is this, this is, 
they were just on top of it. And then you'd have some folks who'd come in and you could just tell they were asking too many questions. They were like kind of just guessing. looking around. <laughs> guessing, they're guessing, feeling out. Those are the salesmen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I, it, it wasn't my expertise, but I'd just been around enough people because I had landlords who'd send people in and I'm like, oh, don't bring this guy back. He doesn't know what he, you know, I could tell right away because you, the people who knew, you just knew. They'd come in, it, it'd be just an air of confidence. Like, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to do it. Da, 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 da. And they're able to communicate to you and, and go, this will be done by this time, this time, this time. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Efficiency. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were playing and they were busy. That's how you knew, because the other guys who weren't too busy were like, "Yeah, you're probably not doing a good job." And sure enough, they're not taking their time looking around, all looking busy. Those are the tire kickers, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they'd screw it up, and then they'd start pointing fingers and saying, "Well, we didn't have this, or we didn't have that." I'm like, "Come on." <laughs> yes, it's something. What do you think the challenges are for your students, like in your program? What challenges them the most? I, the biggest challenges I got with my kids are. Getting to work ethic, understanding what I mean by work ethic, understanding what I mean. You know, I can have some kids that'll come in here and I can tell them, okay, have you ever read a tape measure? No. Well, I teach my tape measure and they're really fluid on it. But actually be like actually putting forth the effort and actually caring about what they're doing. They just kids, some of the kids nowadays just don't, they don't care. They don't have a care about anything until right. it's time to graduate. And then they're like, oh, now what? Yeah. Well, yeah. I see them later. I'm like, oh, now what? And I was like, we don't want you to be those kids. And I can try to explain it to you. But, you know, as, as you and I know, did we really listen to any adults when we were younger? I mean, my uncle was was a great mentor to me. He tried to teach me all kind of stuff, and he was a great. Did I listen? Heck, no! I listened to damn. <laughs> you know, I wish I would have, but I didn't. You know, anybody tells you stuff, and I've told my son. I said, when I coach you, I said I'm not coaching you. I said my my friend, he's going to coach you. Yeah, yeah. It's you're hard not to coach your own kid. Yeah, he's going. You're going to be mad at me for whatever happens. I said he's going to coach you, so you can be mad at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, and that's that's it. You know, to get these kids to that level. To understand of where we're coming and what we're trying to do for them is, is probably the biggest thing. To make them understand that, look, you're, you, you chose to come here first off. This was your choice. Nobody begged you. I don't sell my class. I don't go to the presentations. I don't tell these kids when they come in, oh, please come to my class. We're going to sing Kumbaya and have parties every day. I tell my kids, if you want to come here, you better be wanting to work. If you're not going to come to work, don't come. I don't want you here. I don't care if I have 20 kids in my class all day. I don't want you here if you're not going to work. Yeah, I agree. I said, because you're not helping me and I'm not helping you, you know, it, to, to get those kids to that point to understand that, listen, guys, I'm here. I'm not, I'm, I'm not here to, I don't want to see you fail. And I, and I reiterate that a lot in my class. I don't want to see anybody fail. Yes. I might get angry if you make a mistake. Yes. I might get angry if you do something, but that doesn't mean that I don't like you. That doesn't mean that I'm mad at you. It just means that I'm frustrated because I'm trying to give you an avenue to make something of yourself and you're not taking it. Yeah. And it's better that they make the mistakes in the classroom than when they get out. And the, because when they get out in the real world, you get fired. You know? hey, I, half of my teaching, my uh, teaching philosophy is you learn by failing. Yes. You know, I'll, I'll go over on how to do something, go around and do something. And I'll say, go do it. And they're looking at me like, what? I'm like, go do it. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, go do it. I said, if you make a mistake, you're going to tear it apart. I said, but I promise you, after you tear it apart, you'll never do it that way again. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Excuse me, that's how it works. It's like, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's like football. You spend a ton of time. I didn't play football growing up, but you spend a ton of time practicing to play just for a short period of time. But there's all this work that goes 
before you actually before game time before Sunday is game time right and so I imagine it's the same thing and it's it, it's it's the work ethic that separates one player from another I was telling my son this he plays baseball and basketball and he's about to go into high school and I said what's going to separate these kids that you're seeing on these competitive teams is simply effort everybody now is getting good as you get older and you get up to these AU and these travel teams everybody's getting good guess what it's going to be the work ethic <laughs> you know and it's one thing you have complete control over so these guys the more they do the imagine the more they do reps the better they get at, at their job and they're in a safe environment to fail you know they might not have the same leeway when they get out into the workforce i guess it just depends on the employer but you know the the, the leash will be a little bit tighter when when somebody's paying you and you're working for a company yeah, it's not uh, Mr. Liptek's class where, you know, we'll let you tear up a bunch of material. Well, they kind of want you to limit materials that. Too is ridiculous, so I can't even do that. We we use a lot of pallet wood and a lot of stuff. And, you know, I have a lot of stuff donated that we use. I, I'm one of them hoarder guys, you know what I mean? I keep every little scrap piece of wood to think we can build something out of it. You know what I mean? So Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So tell me something. How do you help prepare... There are a lot of, so one of the things I wanted to ask is the average person is not aware of how many jobs there are in carpentry. And I, I've interviewed some folks in carpentry and I've heard about some jobs that I just, well, I didn't know that exists. Can you please share some of the different jobs that people may not have been aware of? Yeah. You know, one of the biggest ones is, is the safety. You know, a lot of people forget about safety. And, you know, I, I've had, my son went for safety. I've had, and a lot of kids that he actually went to school with decided to go to college and switch their majors to safety because it's a pretty big, pretty big thing right now. But okay. there's, you know, there, there's safety. The military offers things now that when you go into military, you can actually do carpentry in the military, certain branches. Wow. We have the, you know, that we have, I, I, I'm always open to having people come into class to talk, you know, and I always like to have visitors, especially when the military comes, because I'm very thankful for everything they do for us. I didn't go to the military. I wanted to when I I graduated high school and I didn't, I actually followed my ex-wife first. <laughs> so I, I didn't go to school, I didn't go, but my brother was in the Marines, my, uh, my grandfather was in the Army, and, um, and so I'm very thankful for them. But these students don't realize that there are so many avenues from being a carpenter. You know, we have a company comes in, it's one of the largest paving companies in the area that you wouldn't think to need carpenters. Well, you need carpenters to do forms. You need carpenters to do different things, build walls, build um, safety barriers, all kinds of different things that they don't think about. When doing like a paving company or we have a concrete company, well, who builds the forms? We build the forms. You know, you the military, you got that. You have, um, oh, geez, even nuclear plants, all kind of different things that come in here that people come to that they don't think about that need carpenters. You know, when you think about it, carpentry has been around a long, long time. You know, it, it's, you know, our the big guy was a carpenter. So <laughs> to know that that's been around and no matter what happens, you're always going to need one. You know, if something happens, you need somebody that understands how to build a structural or a structure, I'm sorry, that's going to withstand the elements, going to withstand anything. So it's not just anybody can be, can do this. So, uh, but there are, it's amazing to me. I learn every day about different jobs that you can become from being a, a carpenter. You know, we have people come in to do a company called Bath Fitters where they remodel bathrooms. All they're doing is putting inserts in, but they want carpenters because uh, carpenters understand all this goes into the process of redoing a bathroom. I have, uh, see, what else do we do? We have carpenters for normal roofing guys. I had, I've had kids to go into job site trailers. I had a kid, a guy come to come in and hired kids for jobs trailers where they went in and redid all job site trailers. They would have never thought that that was part of their job to go redo a trailer for job site trailers. That's about all I can think of right now, Keith. I mean, really, the military is, is a big one. The kids don't ever think that you can go into the military, be a carpenter military, Take, do your time in there, serve your time and do everything as a carpenter. Come out and you could still get a good job if you wanted to, if you didn't stay to retire because all the local unions have a thing called helmets to hard hats. I've so, heard that. So they try to take in the, you know, the people that have been veterans, 
to be in the military. And, you know, if you're a foreman on a job, those are the guys you want. Yes. Those are the guys you want on your team. They're going to show up to work on time. <laughs> the plan, show up to work on time. They're organized. You know, they're methodical. So everything, it's easier to teach those kind of guys. Yes. So you, you want those kind of people in there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, I agree with you 100%. You military people go to the front of my list. I mean, anytime you're thinking of hiring somebody, uh, you know, so now how do you think students can prepare themselves to make that transition into the trade? So, you know, as you're working with them, what can you do to help them? What, what can they do with students to make that transition into the workforce? So, you know, every kid that comes in here, I obviously know that they're not all going to be carpenters, you know, so, but I, like I said, I don't let any of them just slip through the cracks. So I don't just get my, they're always building. Somebody's always building something. You might not be doing exactly the major project that we're doing right now, but they're building something so that they feel useful. I want them to feel useful in this class, but to get my kids ready and to, and to promote them to jobs, a lot of them, I tell them, listen, if I can't get you a job in like your junior or senior year, between the year to summer, you guys should be looking for jobs. Every contractor wants a laborer or somebody to come work for them in the summer. The biggest problem I have with my kids is they all think they're worth a million dollars. You know, when I try to tell them that when I was your age, guys, I was making $5 and 25 cents an hour yeah. you know, working 16, 18 hours a day. And I, I'm back then I'm like, I worked all my hours. I had money flowing on my pockets, but I worked a ton of hours. Yeah. So, you know, try to explain to those kids that, listen, you're not going to start out that well. Yeah. It's not what it's going to be, but I promise you, if you put forth the effort that when it's all said and done, you will get paid for what you're worth. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like I say, you get paid for what you're worth. So, but, um, you know, we do a lot of that. I, I, I encourage them kids to get a lot of stuff. I try to get a lot of good, a lot of the kids jobs to keep them busy. Definitely. Do you have organizations or online groups or websites in your industry that prospective carpenters should check out? I tell you what's really cool is before I came to this school to teach the gentleman that was here before me was a union carpenter also. And then he became an instructor and then he moved on to another school his instructor. And then I had to meet a bunch of, so all the schools in our area, all, most of the instructors were union carpenters like myself when I started. So I became friends with all of them. So we do a networking thing through all that as a group. And then we also belong to a, a group called uh, BAMP, which is a builders association of metropolitan Pittsburgh, which is another association that we try to get kids and all the kids become members of that. Plus being all of us that were, were union carpenters, we're really good and really in touch with the unions so that we you know, keep in, in, in loop with them guys. And they do a lot for us. They'll have our kids come up for visits. They help us do um, practice things for the testing that they have here. Not only that, though, but every one of us still do work outside of our class. You know, because even though we love being an instructor, we don't make nothing. <laughs> so no, I get it. I know that. Outside. And, and, and I don't always do it just for the money. I do it because I love it. I love the great stuff. I love to see the things that I do. So by doing that, you're still keeping in touch with the other carpenters in the area, the other contractors, plus, you know, the local, you know, Home Depots, Lowe's, the salesmen, you know, all those type of people that will take some kids in or, or bring them in for a summer or, you know, hey, have this kid come out and try with me. I have a good friend that's an excavator. You know, we we're talking about different jobs. Uh, he's an excavator. Excavating business. He's hired five of my kids. Oh, wow. So, you know, in excavating, you wouldn't think that, okay, they're out pushing machines and digging dirt. No, you're figuring out elevations. You're figuring out, you know, site work for these guys. You're doing forms and all kind of stuff. So, the kids, when they go, they're like, what am I going to do? I'm not, I'm not running a machine. No, you're not running a machine. Eventually, hopefully, you do learn a machine because then you learn more and you make yourself worth more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's different. It's that way. So keeping that connection with everybody is what helps get these kids out there. Definitely. I also think if they're eager to learn, people are, are willing to teach them. I think that if There's you show... Out there you think. What's that? There's more teachers out there than you think. There's a lot more people that want to share their knowledge. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, you people... 
I think people, when people see a young person, they're more willing to help a young person because they know, you know, they can think back when they were young and there, our expectation is that they need that support because we know if you're young and you're just getting started, there's no, there's not a whole lot you're going to know. And so I think people are more willing to help. Just like you said, there are more teachers out there than, than we know. So I like it. I have, I've had a few students come through and some of the things that I've taught them when they go on a job interview or they go out to a job and construction like the gas well and stuff and they ask him to do a thing as a trick to see you know oh, they don't know how to do that and my kid goes out and runs it on him shows them how to do it and everything they're like huh yeah wow the kids have got boosted up a couple dollar raises because they knew how to set up a builder's level we have to set elevations and i'm like hey there you go I taught you guys something so there you go and hopefully they spread the word about the uh, success they had motivate the other kids yeah i hope i hope yes so how do you see social media impacting your uh, profession that's a very good and tough question, to be honest with you. Social media and everything right now, what that has done is to us and social media and HGTV, let's say, has done a lot to impact our profession because a lot of people think now that because they watched a show that they're carpenters now. So you know, that's one of the things that I teach my kids that, um, you know, when I asked them first thing, I said, do you guys know what the actual dimension and the nominal dimension of a piece of lumber is? So the kid's like, what do you mean? I said, okay, what's... We call two by four, two by four, but is it really two inches by four inches? Well, yeah. I'm like, no, it's an inch and a half by three and a half. I said, well, these DIY people go out and they go figure out materials because they think they know what they're doing by watching TV. And then they go buy material and it's not the right material. They've actually sued Home Depot and Lowe's because of that and won. So now when you go to those stores, you see actual dimension and nominal dimension on their tab. So that everybody knows. So that that has put a hindrance onto the carpenters because everybody thinks that they can go do took years and years and years for us to learn and knowledge and experience and failures to be where we're at right now. Don't always believe what you see on TV. <laughs> no. they, 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 you know, they see these projects and they see them done in like three days. They're like, lady, I've customers. No. <laughs> <laughs> that project took six months. Yes. Three days. I'm sorry. I know. I've, like I said, I've had people come and work on houses that I've lived in and because I've moved around a bit, you know, and I've been in some homes that needed, needed work, so I understand. <laughs> but you know, there are all these DIYers that come in and they want to fight and they want to, you know, it's just a, but it is the way it is. Definitely. Final question. So you hear some older people putting down the younger generation. And what I find interesting is, I mean, this happened years ago when we were growing up. What do you think? I think every generation has talented, hardworking, resourceful people. What have you learned from your students? I learned how resilient they are. You know, they're not always as, I got I to figure out how I can put this to where I'm not going to, because nowadays, you know, you have to watch everything you say. Take your time. It's <laughs> all right. You know, you had, you know, my grandparents, be spades a spade right now, buddy. They just call you right out. So, um, you know, I learned more that, that, that how resilient they are. I learned, you know, I, I, it's funny because whenever we were kids, you remember I say, you know, the, your parents always said, don't think I don't know what you're doing or I've done that before. Yeah, right. Whatever. Well, not. Right, you're a daughter, you're like, you look at the kids, you're like, yeah, I've done that, guys. I know what you're doing. I, man, I know what it is. I know all those things. And so, you know, you, you try to, to express that to them. And, and like I said, nobody wants to listen to an adult. Yes. You know, as an instructor and as a coach, I always try to be, there's a fine line. You're trying to be not, not their friend, but you, you're trying to be there like their mentors. So you want mm -hmm. them to know that they can trust you. Um, they can rely on you. And, you know, if they need you for anything, they want to be able to, they can, you know, they can call upon you to do that if you need help. And you're not there to just bring them down, bring them down, bring them down. Where that, I think, is is when you do that to those kids, to see how appreciative they are. Because, you know, you look at a lot of kids now and you feel, especially the way society is now. I mean, you look at all these people and just feel like nobody's appreciative of anything that we have. 
You know, we, we live in, in the home of the, you know, land of the free, home of the brave. We get to do pretty much whatever the hell we want to do. That's what it is. We, you and I get to sit here and have a podcast because of the work we live. You know what I mean? We get to, also I get to, I get to teach these kids how to do things. I have women, girls in my class, men in my class, you know, for these kids to understand that and show their appreciation to me or their excitement about something, or even to be able to come to me and say, Hey, you know, I had a kid come to me today. He's a part of the ROTC. His cup card won all the medals this weekend. You know, I'm very proud of him because he did that. You know, and to show him that I cared, he was, his face was smiling, was happy. And I was glad that I'm, you know, I didn't say, Hey, yeah, way to go. You know what I mean? I, I want to know that, you know, that, that you know, and I, and, I, and I got that because I get that back from the kids. Oh yeah. When the kids, when the kids do stuff and, and when you don't think they're listening, that's another thing. You don't think they're listening and they really are listening. Yes, they are. They do things and you think, oh, that kid's a big jag off. He's not going to do nothing. You know, one of the things I do for Christmas, I have my kids go home because I believe in family. I said, I want you guys to go home and I want you to make cookies with somebody in your family. So you have to bring in cookies for me because I love cookies. I said it. You also have to have a note written from your parents or who you made them with that you did it and sign off on it. And you wouldn't believe how many of my students come in here with written letters from their family and them and how they were because they actually sat down and made cookies with their family. Nice. Just watch. They did it. So to see that they actually paid attention and listened and did it is just it's overwhelming sometimes. That's a big deal. And you know what I, I take away from that is them putting away the technology and doing more interaction. And you have to make a conscious decision to do that. I, I know I've been guilty of that at times that I've made a conscious decision to drop, put the phone away and get that time with, with my kids, realizing now they're middle school and they're going to be, they're growing up. You know, my son will be in high school next year. My daughter will be in the seventh grade. But that window is short, as you know, because your son is graduating college. So obviously you've, you've seen that. So I do believe that that exercise you did is a game changer. Those, those kids maybe don't always spend time with their parents making cookies. I would imagine high schoolers don't do that too often. When you come from, you know, in our area, there's, there's a lot of broken homes. So the kids are either with their mom and their dad or mom and dad's always working or they're with grandparents. But I love to have when I get the notes from the parents. And then they're also thanking me because they spent time. They sat down. The kid wasn't on TikTok or whatever they call them. Yes. You know, in in they were actually made cookies. And half of them are, I'll tell you, some of the things they come up with and they do are just, it's incredible. And I, I, I love it. And that's this thing I've, I started when I first came here as a teacher eight years ago, and I've done it every year. That's their, they get a grade for it every year. So if you bring that in, you get a grade. Wow, that's good. That's very intentional. And I love that because like I said, you don't understand the value of bringing, well, you do understand you're a parent. But there's a huge value in bringing the kids and their parents together. This, especially if you're saying they have broken homes, I'm sure the parents the parents are very grateful for that. So great exercise. Uh, that that, that is a great exercise. Plus, I get yeah. some free cookies, man. There you go. <laughs> hey, that's a win-win for everybody. That's right. What's the best cookies you've gotten, by the way? Oh, I've had some, I don't even know the name of some of them. I had this one cookie that was, it had caramel and, car, and nuts and pecans and it had this cup and oh my God, it was like having, I, I like, they brought me like 10 of them. I like picked one each day and only took a half a bite of it and saved it because they're so good. I don't know the names of it. I mean, they come up with some names, but then, then you know, my favorite is always the chocolate chip cookies. They're my favorite. I love yeah. Hey, they might have a fallback plan, those kids, if the carpentry doesn't work out. Well, they can be chefs. Oh, yeah. Yep. Some yep. chefs in yours. Follow me. Follow me. Both trades. You make yourself worth more money. It is a trade, though. So, <laughs> definitely. Well, David, I thank you so much for being a guest on the Skill Stadium podcast. And 
I wish you continued success and I'm definitely going to keep in touch. Thank you very much. I hope you do keep in touch, Keith. I really appreciate it. And I think you're doing a great thing with, with getting this out here to the people so that they can see and kids too, hopefully and adults to see that, you know, we are passionate about our jobs. That's why we do it. It's not always about the cash. You know, I, tell you, I said, teach my kids, you either want a job or you want a career. You want something you wake up every day to get a check or you want something that you love doing every day. I agree hundred percent. Luckily I found that in, in being an instructor. Yeah. That's a blessing. You don't find that too often. No, sir. You don't. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.